Hello there, I'm Rafael Di Furia, back at it again for another episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter. This week I wanted to talk a little bit about some more comparisons between Italy and Portugal and living in both of the countries. Like I said last week, I'd recently received a comment about uh, whether I prefer living in Italy or whether I prefer living in Portugal. And even on my Facebook this week, someone left a comment about maybe going to go back to Italy. And so let's just talk a little bit about these today. I'm Rafael Di Furia. This is another episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter. And roll that intro. So I think it's important to consider when I'm talking about this topic, some of the the factors surrounding why I actually decided to move to Portugal. And you can learn more about that in episode 220 of Not Your Average Globetrotter. As I've mentioned before, basically it comes down to family reasons. And it's not about, oh, that I'm thinking I want to be here or I want to be there or this or that or the other. I'm not thinking about moving at this point in my life. After going on 16 years abroad, I can say I'm a bit burnt out on making big international moves. Not my favorite thing to do, but not that I'm saying I would never do it again. However, I think when specifically talking about Portugal and Italy, there are a lot of people who are now thinking about, is Portugal still worthwhile moving to? There are a lot of people who are thinking about if Portugal is the place to go because of the change in the golden visas and the NHR and all of these various factors. And I know a lot of the people who do end up thinking about Portugal are thinking about Italy as well, or have thought about Italy, or they were thinking about Italy and found out about Portugal. And so there's these various factors, and I think it's worthwhile making these comparisons because I can say I personally love both of the countries. I've enjoyed living in both of them, and currently I do live in Portugal. I can say for me, there are certain things about living in Portugal that are more in line with what I look for on a day-to-day basis. Because in Italy, there are things that are there that are wonderful as well, but I can say definitely the first thing for me is when it comes to some of the bureaucracy. Italy has a lot more bureaucracy that you kind of have to interact with in one way or another. And even when you're dealing with certain things like paying bills, I personally always found that a little bit more annoying to deal with in Italy because of the the system that they come in through. Um, if you want to pay it in cash, in person or whatever, um, even I think if you're paying online through your bank, and you're not set up with automatic debits, direct debits, you're going to have a fee to actually pay for each of those transactions. So that's a little bit annoying, in in my opinion, to have to think about, okay, I have to pay the bill, but then I have to pay the fee to pay the bill. Like, not my favorite thing. And in Portugal, for example, instead of going to like a tabaki, a tobacco store, um, you can go to kind of like a, a pay shop, and it can either be like the same places you might find some lotto things or to a post office. And so It just kind of depends on what exactly specifically is close to you is going to be more convenient, or you can pay through many things, the MB-Way system. The MB-Way system in Portugal is actually really interesting that you can do interpersonal um, payments that's supposed to be quickly, and you can do it through your phone number, and it'll just go from your bank to the other person's bank. And so certain payments like that are a little bit easier, although banking in Italy... I always found to be a little bit more convenient and the apps for the banks there, I always preferred, at least with the banking that I had set up. I'm not going to discuss which bank I used or am using and how I was set up specifically in that way. I'm just going to say, generally speaking, that I found it a little bit easier and more convenient in Italy. But the thing is, that's when talking about the apps. The apps aren't always available in English, and that's something that can be a big deal. Of course, if you're going to be living in a country, it's good to know the language. But if you are a native English speaker and you 
aren't so fluent in the language of the country where you are, or you do need that little bit of help along the way, this is something where I would say Portugal really does kind of shine for many people, and that you can find many phone services when dealing with companies or banks or different things that you may have to deal with throughout your time here in Portugal. A lot do have English-speaking helplines. I mean, even when we're talking about the Portuguese healthcare system, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, not only is there an English-speaking line for the National Healthcare Service, but there is an English-speaking line for the mental care. So if you're having like a mental health care emergency that you need to call um, to, the, to the, 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 the national service, I mean, I would say that's pretty amazing. In Italy, especially because the country is so much larger, the healthcare systems are a lot more regional and the services that are available in your region are going to be a lot more dependent on what's there locally. You're not going to have some of those same conveniences like you do in Portugal. Like, for example, how in Portugal you have um, a healthcare there is a singular app where you can get your um, prescriptions or your referrals for certain tests and so on. In Italy, that was not my experience at all. And the interaction with the healthcare system there was more like you had to do things in person. Uh, whereas in Portugal, for example, if you need a prescription, there will be many times if it's a reoccurring prescription that you will get the prescription done automatically for you, uh, sent to your phone via SMS and then it will be available in the app, uh, the National Healthcare app. So that's really nice to not have to go to the healthcare provider. Granted, there are many uh, doctors in Italy that if you call them up or send them an email and say, hey, I need XYZ, that they will take care of that for you. But there are some older doctors who aren't as much up on that and it might be easier to actually visit them in person. That's another thing though, I've mentioned also dealing with healthcare services in Italy, like for example, when there was walk-in services at regular doctors, at least pre-2020. In Portugal, I finally have an update that now for the appointment that was canceled for me from last year, I got an SMS that now my appointment is scheduled for May. So I would say, yeah, it's kind of a little frustrating that the doctor said, yeah, you need to go take this test and I need to see what's going on so that we can get things going on the right way. Not that there's anything so concerning or whatever, but they're like, just want to make sure like everything's all right. And I just would like to have these results sooner. And then all of a sudden, oh yeah, no, no, I'm going to see you in May. Don't worry. You'll be fine. Because I was rushing to get everything done last year. I'm like, what was the point in bothering <laughs> to do all of the rushing for last year if I'm not going to have the appointment for halfway through this year. So of course, looking into personal private healthcare is something that has come up and I've just been comparing prices and looking, is it worth it? Is it not worth it? And some banks here in Portugal, you can get healthcare services through your bank and it's an extra, I don't know, 10, 14, 30, depending on what kind of level of care that you're looking for. And then even sometimes with the basic insurance that you can get, you can get a doctor to come and visit your apartment uh, for anybody who's living in your apartment, not just for yourself. So anybody that's within that same address, I was like, that's actually really interesting. But then when dealing with certain things as well, like with getting around, I found myself in Italy looking to do a bit more travel domestically because there were a lot more trains available. In Portugal, you have a lot of buses available, but with traffic and having to deal with those sorts of things, especially after living in Italy and having gotten used to dealing with a pretty robust train system, looking at going back to buses is not the most exciting to me. Granted, I've 
taken buses and I will take buses, but I definitely have a much stronger preference for trains because in Italy, I mean, you can still take relatively low cost flights, but many times taking a train is just much more convenient because the train station will be located either in the city center or just outside of it, uh, but still relatively easy enough to get to, to be able to get to a lot of places, especially if you're on a high speed line. Not only that, but you can travel internationally from many locations. Okay, maybe you'll have to uh, change trains at a major station, but I mean, say for example, where I used to live in Rovigo, I could get from pretty much Venice all the way down to Naples on the same train line. Um, or if I wanted to go to Milan, I could go uh, Rovigo, Bologna, Milano. Uh, and even from if I wanted to take the flights from these areas, because I lived in this particular part of Italy, I could have chosen from either of the Venice airports or the Verona airport. The Verona airport would be a little bit more annoying to get to, at least by, by train. But then also Bologna was super accessible. And that actually, for me, was a great option if I needed to get someplace. Because once you get to Bologna, uh, I mean, whether you're taking a train or a plane to or from anywhere, you've got access to basically the whole world. Uh, not just Europe, from, from that particular location. Granted, okay, you're not going to have the best connections with certain other parts of the world, but you still can get to just about anywhere from there. Or if you are wanting to fly anywhere in the world, Venice is a great option because the airports there go practically everywhere. But when taking care of things on a day-to-day -day basis, you'll have the certain interactions with how long something will take to get done or maybe how long a service will take to get set up. And that was one thing in Italy that I noticed more often that services would take a little bit longer to kind of get initiated or going. I mean, granted, here in Portugal, I am living in a higher tier city, like not like a smaller town, but like a larger, one of the country's largest cities. And so, yeah, there's things that are set up a little bit better here because of that. So that I will say might be part of it. But even then, I would say generally speaking to get things set up, if you're looking for those basic things, those transfers could take days rather than weeks. Um, or even when you're looking to kind of open up a bank account, there are banks here where you can just walk in and get it your bank account theoretically the same day. Uh, although banking in Portugal, getting the bank account set up is a bit more annoying in Portugal than in Italy. But in Italy, there were times where I had to have like, because I opened up a couple of different accounts. Like one time when I was living in Medano, I wanted to get the local bank there. And then when I moved, I wanted to get another different bank that was more nationally focused. Uh, and then I also had another account elsewhere. But those accounts were easier to set up in some ways because you are opening an account there. In Portugal, generally speaking, what you're talking about is not opening up an account per se, you're applying for the ability to have an account. And so that can be a little bit annoying. There are some banks that maybe you have to wait a week or two or whatever, um, or a few days to get that approval if you can get the bank account. Plus, you have to have X amount of money in there just from the get-go. But then if you don't get approved, but they've had your money in the account, then they give you a check and you have to go cash the check. I mean, thankfully, I haven't had that, uh, that situation come up. But this is another difference. There are banks here in Portugal where you can go and set up more easily. I'm not going to get into which banks and how and this and that. But again, when we're talking about some of the daily things and these aren't necessarily those daily things. They are going to impact some of your daily realities because you will have to get these things set up, especially at the very beginning of your time in any of these countries. But then on a day-to-day -day basis, also, if we're talking about daily interactions or ease of doing things, 
in some ways, I might give that to Portugal a little bit, that, that, that there are certain things that are just easier to find here, that they're easier to do. But if you're living in a big Italian city, okay, maybe you're going to have some of those things that are going to be a little bit easier. Or, I mean, even doing online shopping here in Portugal, uh, I would say is much less convenient than in Italy. Like in Italy, you have Amazon.it. There is no Amazon.pt. If you are shopping on Amazon in Portugal, you're shopping from Amazon Spain, Amazon.es. And things can take a little bit longer. And sometimes I've noticed the estimated date of arrival isn't quite the same and it doesn't work the same way. So that I've found to be a little annoying. But I would say though, shopping online in Italy, I was shocked by how fast some things would come. Granted, the last location where I lived in Italy had a distribution center close to it, but even then, I've I've heard in Milan, for example, of things being even more convenient when it comes to Amazon. Uh, in comparison to living in the U.S., of course, it's not the same. The prices of things can be a bit more than what you might expect, and the selection of items could be less. So this is, again, something that I've talked about here on Not Your Average Globetrotter a bit, is that if you're shopping on Amazon in Europe, it is worthwhile comparing Amazon Germany to Amazon Spain to Amazon Italy. Amazon Netherlands, I don't really take into consideration because there's just so few things. Amazon France... My French isn't so great, so I don't consider that because they don't have the website available in English. Amazon Italy and Amazon Spain don't have a version of the website available in English, uh, but Amazon Germany does. So for some people, that can be convenient. It is, I think, a machine translation and not actually the native website. But this also leads to one of the biggest things that in Amazon Germany If you do need customer support, especially by telephone, they do have telephone operators that can speak to you in English, and they at least advertise that. In Spain and Italy, that's not the case. When I've called up to Amazon Spain, I've actually had to speak to them on the phone in Spanish. My Spanish isn't fantastic, but I could get through the interactions. Um, I believe both countries do have email options available by English, but I have also had the experience where I've tried just doing like a Google Translate and saying, sending an email or a message and going back and forth. It's not convenient, but doable. Um, or there was the one situation in Italy where I was on the phone with the guy who was speaking Italian and he said, no, siamo in Italia, parliamo italiano. We're in Italy. We speak Italian. And then we get through the call and he's seeing I'm struggling. It's like, yeah. Then he asks me where I'm from and I tell him I'm from the US. And he's like, oh, okay, then in that case we can speak English. I'm like, okay, come on, what's going on here? I've told this story before, so I just want to tell the quick version of it. But then I'm like, where are you from? And he's like, I'm from Egypt. And I was like, wait, okay. And we're here, like, <laughs> granted his first language would be Arabic, but his English was fantastic. And he's just flat out refused to speak English because I don't know why, but he's saying, no, siamo in Italia, parliamo italiano. And so this is also another thing that I would say gets into another factor of day-to-day life. When we're talking about the amount of people who speak English, I would say I find more people in Portugal who do speak English. Again, I do always say, if you're going to a country, learn to speak the language. 99% of the time, 98% of the time, I do find myself speaking the local language, even if I'm not fantastic, but I have the abilities to get my points across. Sometimes if I'm really struggling, I'll ask, hey, do you speak English? And then maybe I'll use a couple of words just to fill in. Um, And most of the time, that's fine. There are some people who do see me struggling, and then they'll just flat out switch into English. But that specifically happens a lot more in Portugal. Uh, Like I've mentioned before, there are times that it's really wonderful to be able to fill in those gaps. But then there's other times where I'm like, I'm really trying to learn Portuguese. I want to get through this. I want to get my Portuguese skills better. And they're just switching into English. And so it's like, whatever. Again, I'm grateful for it. 
but it's also a double-edged sword because it leaves me a little bit more reliant on my native language when I would like to be trying to speak more of the local language. However, in Italy, my experience was very much the opposite that, especially because I was in smaller places, but even Braga is not that big to begin with. And even when I've been to villages in Portugal, I've had a similar experience with people uh, when it comes to linguistic abilities. But I would say if we're going to start comparing like cities that are roughly on similar tiers as far as uh tiers for like how big they are within a country first largest cities second largest cities third largest cities that's what i'm talking about when i'm talking about tiers i personally find that portugal is a much more english-speaking friendly country but it is not an english-speaking country so don't move to portugal thinking that i can come here and survive only speaking in english Unless maybe you're in the Algarve, then maybe that's a different situation. But in the Algarve, maybe you can find places that even are friendly for Dutch speakers and German speakers. But for English speakers, especially if you're in like what Portimao, Lagos, and towards Sagres, it's going to be much more English speaking friendly. But overall, in Italy, you can find places where you will find people that speak English. It's not like this doesn't exist, but my personal experience was that there were fewer speakers of the language or at the very least fewer people who were willing to speak the language in italy i was definitely forced more to use local languages like when i lived in merano learning german dialect and german getting my german better was definitely a necessity there whereas when i was living in the veneto in rovigo uh, having better italian was more important there although many people there spoke dialect so the ability to improve my italian also at times was a bit hindered so even when people spoke in Italian, they often had a very thick uh, local Venetian dialect accent. Um, so am I going to say that learning the language is always going to be the thing that solves all the problems? No, but it will help you along the way because at least it can give you a base jumping point to start from. But when it comes to the question specifically, do I prefer living in Italy or do I prefer living in Portugal? I can't say there's one that I think is so much better than the other. I can say at this point in my life, Portugal is the easier option regarding that I'm here and I happen to enjoy certain things about the conveniences about life here and uh, in some ways more convenient than in Italy. But at the same time, I'm an Italian citizen, so there are certain rights and guarantees that I have as an Italian citizen if I were to be living in Italy. So from that perspective, there are certain things that are much better for me to live in Italy than to live in Portugal. But because they're both in the European Union, many of these rights are kind of equalized in some ways. But for the time being, I'm still a non-citizen resident of Portugal. I'm not complaining about that, and I'm very grateful for that because I have this Italian citizenship, which is part of this greater European Union, which gives me this ability to remain here in Portugal and make a life here when I had other family members that were coming here that I could take care and keep an eye on and help them out and have that option. If it weren't for that option, I don't know if would that same option be available to me or not. That's something I haven't had to ask that question because it wasn't a question that was necessary for me to ask because I have the citizenship of another European country. So for people who are coming from outside of the European bloc, this is something that you have to ask yourself. Do you have the ability to get a certain European citizenship through your ancestry? This is something that I always talk about. And there are things that are going on that you never know. Are the doors going to be open permanently or are they not? So 
do you have that ability to look into your family line? And maybe if you're Polish, Italian, Irish, you're going to have a door that's a little bit more wide open than people from other certain parts of the union. I mean, especially if you're Italian or Polish. I mean, the currently the 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 ancestral lines are can go back as far as I understand infinitely with Polish, at least when if you can prove within certain dates and so on. Um, but even with Italian, like it's still a pretty open system. Of course, we don't know if the systems will always remain this way but for the time being if you have that legal ability that definitely opens up your options because if you have to start applying for visas and this and that and the other this can really make another big impact on what country you actually can go to based on what you what country you have the ability to go to because maybe the requirements in one country are going to be much higher or much lower or maybe there's one aspect that's easier in one country or another aspect that's easier in another country it depends on your your personal situation so for me this is why I would say I don't say I prefer one or I prefer the other. There are aspects of one that I prefer and aspects of the other that I prefer. But I'm here, I'm in Portugal, and I'm enjoying every moment of it. So thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter. And especially a thanks to those of you who helped to make these episodes possible through rafaeldifuria.com slash support or rafaeldifuria.com slash Patreon or patreon.com slash rafaeldifuria and the thanks button here on YouTube. And especially a huge thank you to those of you who take part in the episodes and comment on YouTube and share your thoughts or your responses to what I have to say. And of course, as well, a thanks to those of you who are subscribing and sharing these episodes with your friends. And I'm Rafael Di Furia. Thank you again for joining me for another episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter, and I will see you all next time. Later.